Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Every relationship is unique and different. And what we're building is a platform that should accommodate all those different nuances. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. We are LA Tech Podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Santa Monica. Welcome, Tucker. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. That is All sick energy. Things. I will try and match. I'll All try and things. match. You know what we're not doing right now that I've always done in the years of my podcast is I usually have my guests stand. I stand with my guests. And Should it's, we stand? No, I don't want to right now. <laughs> I'm super comfortable in the chair, but it does feel weird to do my normal intro not standing. I believe that. That's a lot like a full body exercise. You want to be standing for that. Like I want to like, you know, like the origin story of my intro is I love WWF or WWE. Wild card. Yeah. Wrestling. And I thought Aerosmith, like Steven Tyler was so cool on stage with like the ribbons coming. I saw him in the run DMC and he had like the ribbons coming off of his mic and so when I do my intro it's like the announcers like coming to the stage yes yes with the drop down mic yeah like and then the Steven Tyler and I you know usually standing and I'm like ah, like a, yeah super <laughs> fun fact about Steven Tyler Tell randomly me. enough he grew up in the same town as my dad really and before Aerosmith was a big band in New London New Hampshire he and Aerosmith played at my aunt's prom stop super random stop super random yeah that's a wild. That's a great fun fact. I mean, right? Like, that's were they good? I think they were good. I mean, something happened in the end. <laughs> we know how it played out. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> wow, that is a fun fact. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, Tucker Cohen, founder and CEO at Smooth. Recently moved to LA last December from Boston. I've been in Boston tech community for like ten years, working at early stage startups. I've worked at five. Three are unicorns. Three have been acquired or had an exit. And now I'm working on Smooth, which is an app for couples to split expenses automatically. Born out of necessity. uh, There's a lot more that I can say in terms of functionality, but ultimately like our mission is just to make relationships easier. That's awesome. I used to go, I used to live in Boston. I'm born and raised LA, but I went to Emerson College. Okay. So I'm familiar with Boston and that you worked with so many incredible tech companies makes me think that you know all the secrets to make sure Smooth is awesome. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot. Yeah. But, you, you know, everything's a work in progress as always. And you have to be willing to like, can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be willing to fuck stuff up and like yeah. try it and yeah, then be yeah, like, yeah. oh, that didn't work. Like we'll do something else. But uh, yeah, definitely have learned from like amazing leaders, amazing founders, seen a lot of plays, copying some of them, throwing some of them away, but uh, unparalleled experience and just like extremely lucky in terms of where I wound up in my career. And why did you end up moving to LA from Boston? A couple of reasons. I think first and foremost is that Smooth is a consumer product. Yeah. It's a consumer app. And Boston has a great tech scene, startup scene, but very far away from consumer. So the goal is to really like prove that Smooth will work here. We'll do the launch here, get feedback, raise money, build a community here. And then if it works here, when it works here, yeah, it'll work everywhere else. We'll do go to other major cities. And uh, yeah, I mean, Boston has been great. I grew up there though. Yeah. So it was like kind of weird moment in my life where I'm like, 
okay, I grew up here, I left, I lived in a bunch of places, and now I'm back? Like, is that it? Like, mm. are we just here now? You know, so it kind of was like a little depressing in that way. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm thrilled on a personal level just to be back in Southern California. I went to school out here. What school? Chapman University. Oh, nice. Yeah, in Orange County. Yeah, my wife and I actually met here in on, on the beach in Venice many years Stop. ago. Stop. Yeah, and so it's nice full circle moment for us to be back here on a personal level, but also just think for Smooth, like I've been working on it for two years now. This is where we need to be to to successfully execute. Have you found that LA has been supporting your startup growth because you were all over the place at LA Tech Week, <laughs> which was very interesting. You're like, are you a media company? Like, why are you everywhere? Why were you everywhere at LA Tech Week? And I don't just mean you physically. You had camera, like you photography and camera rolling everywhere. I'm like, it's another LA Tech media company. Yeah, I mean, listen, like this is Hollywood at the yeah. end of the day, right? Like, you know, so people people sort of expect that stuff, yeah. but also at the end of the day, like. If you can go to a, a thing, an yeah. event, and meet people at the event, yeah. that's a moment in time. Like yeah. and, it, and it ends and then people forget it. Whereas if, you know, content pays dividends, content can go on forever. And so like with any company, B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Your content is something that just pays dividends over time Agreed. and it only compounds as you as you know, what we're trying to do is build a brand. We want to yeah. have Smooth be a brand that's associated with smart, hardworking, financially savvy, educated, young, professional couples. And for us to build a brand, we need to be constantly showing up in yeah. front of people. So instead of just meeting at an event at LA Tech Week and then having that moment pass, we can relive it through mm. content and continuously stay top of mind for people. Totally. And it started as a joke, to be honest with you. Like I tweeted who wants to follow me around LA Tech Week with a camera and it kind of it got like random traction and then i was like oh maybe we could maybe i should actually do that <laughs> that's i mean i think it was really smart i mean obviously it put you on my radar right yeah so and here we are there you go it worked yeah so many questions if you're comfortable sharing what was the pain point you and your partner were having that inspired the idea to create for sure the solution uh, definitely comfortable sharing so we in 2021 in march of 2021. My wife is from Spain. So we spent a month abroad visiting her family, seeing friends, traveling around the country, working remote, and we got engaged on that trip. Yeah. And so we come back from a month away. Meanwhile, we have all our expenses at home sort of running on autopilot. Yeah. And we get back from the trip and we're sitting on the couch, you know, cranking this spreadsheet like all the expenses from the trip, all our different credit and debit cards, right. all the auto expenses from home, and we're throwing everything in there. And, you know, we're an hour into this experience. Meanwhile, mind you, all of our friends in Boston, at where, we're, where we're still living yeah. at the time, they haven't seen us since we got engaged. And they're hitting us up like, hey, let's go celebrate. You know, yeah. congratulations, guys. And we're doing this, like, hardcore adulting, you know, yeah. making this spreadsheet which nobody wants to do. It's uncomfortable, time-consuming, super yeah. manual, a little awkward. And uh, I was like, okay, hold on. Like, there must be an app for this. There wasn't. Yeah. I was looking for an app that would connect with all my cards, that would allow us to just automatically sync transactions and split ones yeah. from our different cards, yeah. and then settle up through the app. Like, it seems super simple, and I couldn't find anything. And so I started thinking, like, this is a very dramatic example of yeah. like a high, one of the highest highs of life of like getting yeah. engaged and then mixed with like this super annoying, you know, logistical right. low of like yeah. managing your finances as an adult. Yeah. And then it dawned on me like that happens in relationships on a smaller scale all the time, every single week, Netflix, cable, car payment, yeah. rent, insurance, yeah. dinners, groceries, dog yeah. bills, you name it, like all of these little things are small examples of that dramatic high and that dramatic low. Right, right. So that was the sort of inception. I did a survey. We got like 200 respondents. Everyone, including couples that had a shared bank account, indicated that they used Venmo in their relationship in one way or another. Huh. And so that made me pretty excited, but 200 people is a small sample size to build a business behind. Uh, and then I started researching trends around couples who are married yeah. with only a shared bank account yeah. versus couples who are married with no shared bank accounts. Right. And the drop-off from baby boomers to millennials is like 50%. So it's a trend. It's a growing trend 
where couples get married, yeah. but they still keep their finances separate. Yeah. So you're saying that people didn't used to do that and they do it now. Yeah. Full disclosure, I don't date very often. So all of this is very interesting and new to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how people navigate relationships. I'm a very It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Because I, one of the things that I, I thought of, I was like, can't people just like I got the Netflix, you get the Hulu. That's not how people do it. Some people do it. This is this is key. Is is different, like every relationship is unique and different. Some people want to be detailed about it. Some people want to let it come out of the yeah. wash. Some one, you know, one partner makes more, the other partner makes less. Yeah, like yeah. every relationship is super unique. Yeah. And what we're building is a platform for that that should accommodate all those different nuances. This is crazy. I've had a lot of girlfriends that have told me that they've had uncomfortable situations with the guys that they were dating over this kind of like who splits what and yeah. Give us a an auditory walkthrough of how the app works. So we connect with all your different cards. The average millennial has five. We'll connect with all five of those cards. Each partner gets a private view. It's private for obvious reasons, uh, not least of which is the fact that People are getting married later in life where they now have higher earnings yeah. and bigger net worth and a deep-rooted sense of financial autonomy, yeah. which they don't want to give up. That's a, more of a macro theme around like why people aren't actually joining their bank accounts anymore. Nevertheless, we piggyback on that concept. So you get a private view, and then all your transactions just automatically come over to your private view from those five different cards. Yeah. And then you can just tap or swipe whichever ones you want to add to your shared view. Both partners do that. The shared view has a split percentage, a default split percentage that the couple agrees on. This is a conversation, right? Like this is not happening. This is so interesting to someone who never dates. (laughs) I bet. I bet it is. I'm like, this is the first time I'm hearing anything like this. The average couple splits their first expenses around month six or the first vacation they yeah. go on together. So imagine you start dating, you hit it off, you go on a vacation up to Big Bear, you I get a only, cabin. That would be so uncomfortable. And then the person's like, hey, let's open a shared bank account because that's easier than using Venmo and doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You would be like, absolutely not, right? Yeah. Like that's fear. 100%. And so we can help with that without the implications of a shared yeah, account. That's so interesting. Yeah, and then uh, basically, you know, that we we divide the transactions by the split percentage. Yeah, can be income based, but there's also a stage in the relationship where you don't share income, so it doesn't have to be. You can override it on a per transaction basis, if if need be. Right, you go get groceries. One I feel partner. like your app probably reduces arguments. That's the goal. That's the goal. I mean, money is the leading cause of relationship <laughs> That's what failure. I'm thinking. Yeah, and so if we can minimize those, you know, micro moments in in and shitty conversations after a dinner or date, Yeah, uh, we can help make the relationship easier. What are some of the things that you saw in your past? Like what kind of companies did you work for? And what are some of the key success indicators you noticed that you're now applying into your company? Yeah. So interestingly enough, this is really one of my first forays into consumer tech. All the companies I've worked for have been enterprise SaaS mm. uh, or B2B SaaS yeah. specific companies. So I was a, one of the first sales reps at a company called Seismic. We grew the team to over 35, 40 reps before I left over the next three years and grew revenue from under a million to over 30 million before I left. And that was nice. my first job out of college. Like Snaps. Yeah, yeah. Unreasonably <laughs> lucky, though. Again, like right place, right time, right. seize the opportunity, sort of what we were talking about before or what you were talking about. Yeah. But one of the things that they did really well was like try and set up like predictable models, you know, to, and like really understand the the customer need. Yeah. And that translates to consumer. I mean, maybe more so than in B2B. It's like if you know your stuff cold, this is when I learned, you know, knowing your stuff, whether it's your product or your audience or your com- competition or all three ideally. Yeah. You can't you can't lose, right? Like you, you go into any conversation and you kind of know where the black swans are and you know what people might be thinking and you know uh here's why we have a specific thing, a solution yeah. that you need or you should at least consider. And so that's one thing from seismic is just like knowing the stuff cold. And th- with Smooth, it helps because I'm building the product for myself, right? Like we have this challenge on a personal level and as a consumer mm. i'm extremely uh harsh about like the ui and the functionality because i know what i expect as a consumer and if that's not met i'm just like steadfast like it's not going to work unless yeah. it works <laughs> how many people are in your team right now uh it depends how you count 
we have part-time, full-time contributors. Is it is it contractors or is it? Do you have any employees or? It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Oh, you have employees. I mean, we're working on uh, like co- co-founders right now. So I've been a solo founder for mm. the better part of the past two years. And wait, what? And you're welcoming in? Yeah, I'm. A, you said co-founder. Is that? More than one person, two potentially. <gasps> we're, we're yeah, we're, we're it's in like a trial f- period. Okay, right tell now. me, what do you mean? Like, where did you find these people? Why and so what? How are you testing it? Okay, so for the first for the first, I se- just freaked out. By the way, I fell off a cliff just now. It's a lot. <laughs> I know it's a lot. And the, here's the biggest thing: is it's like the reason why I would say I don't want a co-founder at this point is because it's like, well, you weren't there. You know, you didn't, you know, you didn't co-find the company, yeah. right? Or co-found the company. Yeah. You had to be there two yeah. years ago. That's an ego intensive perspective. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, I don't really give a shit. Like if, you know, whatever, it's not going to change the story. Like if someone wants to join me and be a co-founder and that's the contingency, you know, I don't care because someone said this to me. It's like either we all become millionaires or no one becomes a billionaire. Yeah. And that sticks with I me. I like that saying. Yeah. And it's like that that's you know, if if you're not building as a team, the incentives are all screwed up and one person owns the mo- majority of the company and then it's like people feel like they're getting taken advantage of. Yeah. So anyway, one of my co-founders now is Lemmy. He is someone who I worked with at Drift. He's our CTO. Yeah. He is someone who came in maybe three or four months after I started building and he's asking me all these questions. I'm non-technical yeah. in case that's not abundantly clear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like, well, why'd they do this? Yeah. Why'd they do this? Yeah. Why'd they do this? And I'm like, dude, who are you talking to? Yeah. Right? Like, I need you. Yeah. And so he's been advising for us for over a year and now he's leaving his other company and he's, you know, we're going to wow. give it a run. And then the second is a woman named Katrina who I went to Chapman with who yeah. had worked at Playboy for the last eight years and she yeah. got laid off via email and she did like a hilarious ChatGPT LinkedIn post, uh, like written by ChatGPT, just sort of, like kind of a troll job, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, my, I make it, I, my face like dropped. And the reason is, to hear that she worked for a company for eight years that right. let her go by email. Insane. I was stuck on that sentence. I was just like... No, it's insane. What the fuck? That's why I reached <laughs> out. I was like, this is insane. Tell me more, right? So she she trolled them and wrote like a response using ChatGPT or something? She just did her like LinkedIn announcement. Like, I'm on the market, you know, using ChatGPT and was open about it. Like, by the way, this is written by ChatGPT. And I just thought it was hilarious. And her, That's funny. she actually taught me how to use Twitter in college. Yeah. We were in a PR and advertising class at Chapman. Yeah. The film school at Chapman's insane. It's like, you know, five star building. Yeah. She was like super savvy at Twitter. This is 2011. Yeah. And she's like had a video tutorial about it. And yeah. so I was drawn to her because I was like, Twitter is really interesting. Yeah. Social media is interesting, but Twitter is like pretty unique. Right. Uh, as you know. And so she taught me a lot of what I knew about Twitter, like yeah. have leaned in on over the past few years. And then I had a music blog at the time. We had music, shared interests. Yeah. And so we just kept in touch. And yeah, now she's coming on as like our full-time creative director, which is powerful when you're talking about building a brand, especially having someone who's had this multinational 100% brand experience. I mean, what I love is that you came in and brought a stack of stickers and said I could pick the ones I wanted. And the first one I gravitated towards was the one that she designed. Yeah. Which yeah. is very telling. I mean, right. you, you had they're not all on the table right now, but it was something like seven or eight options. It was a lot of options. Yeah. And I chose the the one I did, which turned out to be hers, and then I only chose the second one because it was small in case I wanted something for my computer. Yeah. It was based on size. Yeah. But brand-wise, I was like, oh, that's dope. <laughs> no, she gets it. She totally gets it. Yeah. And, uh, no, I'm excited. This is like a relatively new development uh, on and both it, fronts. And with the money sign, it's really cool. It says... I have to make sure not to say smooth. It's smooth. Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself. Like a British person. Yeah. Smooth is for lovers, and it's like a inverted money sign, and so it creates a heart, and it's super fun. It looks really cool. Shout out, Katrina. So, okay, wait. This is a really interesting story. So you're discussing with both of them independently about both being your co-founder? Yeah. And, I mean, I'm transparent with both of them, too. I'm like, listen, like – this is my vision. You know, I think the three of us could like really do this thing. And also like, so you asked about what I've learned from other companies. It's like headcount is a, and this is more of like 
VC bull market, yeah. frothy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Headcount is a vanity metric for success. Agree. Founders love to be like, oh, we're 20 people, 50 Agree. people, 100 people, 200 yeah. people. And Agree. When you, when you take on your Series C yeah. is when you start hiring C-level talent. I'm not going to reference the company that I learned that at, yeah. but it is so painful when that happens mm. to the earlier employees and the early team members yeah. who have a ton of you know emotional involvement yeah. and uh, just passion for the company, yeah. right? Because when you join a startup super early on, like you can't afford not to be bought yeah. in. Yeah. And then when you have these people that come later and they're more like, you know, the people that go to work in between weekends to kill time, yeah. right? That doesn't mesh. Yeah. It's a different personality. It creates a completely different vibe, a completely different culture. Right. And culture is, you know, paramount to a company's success. Right. The reason I asked about, well, I mean, I have another question about that too. And now, now I don't know which way to go. The reason okay. I asked about how many people you have on your team yeah. is because I wanted to ask you about management and leadership. So I'm going to bounce back to that in a second. Sure. I want to lean in for one more second on having the co-founders. So this is just my own neurotic fears. Like, what if they don't do the work? Like, you give away this percentage and then someone's like, thanks, and yeah. then doesn't do the work. Okay, yeah. so. Fair. Am I allowed to say that? Like, yeah. Is that, okay. I mean, listen, like. Not trying to be negative, just. It's a thing. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the ultimate thing. Like, first of all, get a good lawyer. Second of all, uh, the <laughs> vesting period is like a prenup. You know yeah. what I mean? And and there's all these creative ways to do that where it's like, okay, we have a three-month cliff or a year cliff. Like something that's. Maybe not a year cliff right? because it's like, well, who the hell knows how the next year is going to go. Maybe yeah. I need money and we can't yeah. raise it, whatever, yeah. or we're not generating revenue. But yeah, I think just lining up the incentives in terms of the equity portion yeah. as well as you know, if someone is taking a cash draw or salary, like making sure that, that that's enough to keep them interested and invested. I have to tell you on an instinct level, yeah. I feel it's – it's the move. I feel. I like. What'd you say, Katrina? No, what was her name? Katrina. Yeah. Kat oh, I did remember. Yeah. Katrina and Lemmy. Yeah. I think you said. Yeah. I have an instinct that it is smart. Thank you. Esprit proof. I mean, that you doesn't even count met them for anything. Too. I would say you would love these. People. I'm very intuitive. I'm not saying I'm right. Yeah. I also told Mark Zuckerberg that he couldn't beat MySpace, so don't listen to me. <laughs> but like. That's most a big of the flex. time, most I know, so, <laughs> such a random thing. It's why, I, you know, what's crazy? Side note: It's why I never wanted to invest in any companies because I'm like, I'm so dumb. I've advised companies and I've had acquisitions, and I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not so dumb. Yeah, I mean, that's the name <laughs> yeah. of the game. Like any sort of angel investing, VC, yeah. joining startups, like it's a crapshoot. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not like the like first like Web one. Bubble, where it's like you worked at Yahoo, EMC, yeah. Google, Google yeah. Dell, like, yeah. and then, and then it, there was like ten companies. Yeah. Now it's like you could walk around Boston and you know try and pick from five hundred companies and try and find that one. Totally, it's way different. So yeah, I have a good feeling about Katrina and Lemmy. I'm I'm just a very intuitive person, and I usually I hit a home run more times than I don't with my intuition. <laughs> That's great. And so, yeah, I feel good. I think having a CTO, I know Drift. Drift was a really smart company, Yeah, the technology. And so having someone like that involved and then um, having someone with it, I, it just sounds smart. It sounds it's a smart, very complimentary smart. team. And it sounds like I, I have a feeling that you all have a very copacetic energy together. Yes. Nobody's egoing the other one out or anything. So. No. This is all without knowing anybody. I'm just like but you vibing. Yeah, it's and it's so real. It's like just getting on the same page as a team and being complimentary. Yeah, and being uh, aware of those complimentary yeah. skill sets goes a long way. Yeah, you know, I've seen situations where you have someone who is the CEO and then someone who comes in as a COO. Yeah, and it's just a power struggle. Type that's of thing. that's the problem. The power struggle, and then you get in a thing where somebody doesn't want to work, and right. then that. But yeah, management and leadership. So whether it doesn't matter to me whether it's a contract or an employee it, just the question about management style and leadership I was having this conversation with one of my good friends and I said that okay we as founders have problems in our company basically, on a daily basically basis. only that yeah, yeah. 
And then we want to hire someone to solve said problem. And I have learned in my experience as a founder that just by hiring someone doesn't solve the problem. That's only the beginning of testing to see if they could solve the problem. And I didn't know that in the beginning of my career. I thought, oh, I hire the expert, and then it turns out they're not an expert. So then the next leveling up on my learning was blame the process, not the person. Mm. And I really lean into that. I love that. Because there's so much ego as a founder. Like, why isn't this done right? Right, you know? right. And you just have to blame the process, not the person, because it's usually us as founders having shitty processes. Right. And we don't take enough accountability. Right. One of my close girlfriends was challenging me. She's like, I admire you so much for taking accountability for everything. Yeah. She said, I think you take too much accountability. <laughs> Is and, that possible? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I think so founder to founder. What is your perspective on leadership and management? And I'm going to throw in one other three-second story. Sophia Amoroso, woman in business that, yeah. that I look up to. Me too, who's by the way. Sophia, my she, homie. She, oh, you know her? I know her from Twitter, and then we I gave her one of my hats. Oh, cool. But she gave it back. But we did a great photo op. <laughs> and I'm trying to get myself a trust fund hat. So I don't know if she's a, a listener. That's so she she's so cool. <laughs> yeah, she is. And she publicly shared that in her company before, she would hire these, you know, big salaried seasoned fancy people yeah. thinking, Great. Do I hired thing. do your thing. I right. just gave you the whole bank. Right. And and they would be the laziest. Right. She 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 shared. But and I was like, Am I just like fucked? You know what I mean? It's like you can't pay more. That doesn't solve it. And so I'm still exploring what management, leadership, being a founder is to me. I'm going to share one more three-second thing that no one else asked for. I always feel like the internal operations of we are LA tech, we are tech. I I call it like multiple things. Who cares? But like our project management, it's always too messy for me. I'm like, there's no way. Years ago, I worked for another company. I'm purposely not going to say which company. And, but they were funded, big, reputable company. Their project management was way worse than my project management. I was like, oh, I didn't, I just assumed you figured everything out and everything's perfect. Right. Had no idea that – so all this to say is there's this illusion that there's this right way to achieve great organized project management, an efficient team, streamlined ideas, et cetera. Yeah. There's the mirage of that. Right. And then there's the actuality. And I'm trying to discover in this long-winded way what – what is the actuality? Like founder to founder, what's real? I think nobody knows what the hell they're doing, truthfully, right? Like everyone's learning, everyone's figuring it out. I mean, Sophia is, is open about this, right? Yeah. She's starting a fund. She's open about the challenges of learning. She's not a finance person. So learning the nuances of that. And so knowing that like other people who have seen success in other areas are still amateurs or beginners in a different, in a new sector. Yeah. Uh, and being willing to like admit that to yourself, to your ego, and be like, okay, I'm learning. I'm learning how to do this. For me, it's I'm learning how to be a product manager. Yeah. Right? I've never done that. I've been a sales and marketing person. Yeah. But like messing around in Figma, n- I had no experience before Yeah, just this. do Canva. I mean, please. Right? But I mean, <laughs> no, now I know how to do Figma, right? Like I learned how to do it. I know Canva is like a cheat code. But um, yeah, I think like the thing you said about like hiring these bloated employees. Yeah. You know, I've seen so many when I was in the job market, like yeah. you see job descriptions, it's like uh, early stage seed or series A company. And they're looking yeah. for a sales executive who has brought a company from five to a hundred million. And you're reading these job descriptions, but they need to have, you know, they need to have like t- five to 10 year experience. And then yeah. the salary is like 120K. And you're like, this person doesn't exist because you're looking for someone who's done the thing that you're trying to do. Yeah. And let's just all call a spade a spade. When you're done with this thing, if you do go from whatever I said, five to a hundred million, you're not going to want to do it again because it's that hard. It's yeah. it's so hard that you'll never do it again. And those are the people that cost three, four, five hundred K a year. What you're trying to do is select 
talented people that are trying to prove themselves yeah. and have a chip on their shoulder. That's what I look for, at least. Like, I want people with something to prove. Um, mm, is be, that the secret? That, I mean, that intrinsic motivation is like, something I mean, take, to prove. take Katrina, for example, right? She yeah. got laid off via email from a company she was loyal to for almost a decade. Like, that she's still makes not me happy. so angry from when you said it earlier. Right? She's not happy. I mean, I was like viscerally upset. I was like, how the fuck? I does feel that upset hearing this. Right? It's insane. Finding people with something to prove to be like, oh, you'll regret that type of thing. And I mean, I, I operate like that too. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm projecting a little bit. Yeah. But also like we're all projecting at all times. Literally. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then in terms of leadership style, I, you know, I've seen people come and go from the organization because yeah. it's a what's cool about Smooth is like again I said you know I've worked for these unicorns yeah. and you see them b- before they were unicorns yeah. and you go to these conferences and you explain what they do and people's eyes roll back in their head and then the company ends up going on to be a billion dollar success story yeah the idea of for Smooth resonates with people publicly all the time and then I meet someone and they're like how can I help I want to be involved and yeah. I'm like cool be involved like invite them to Slack get them onboarded blah yeah. blah, blah 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 and then they just disappear and it's like, well, you said you wanted to do stuff, and now yeah. you don't. And granted, as a— Tucker, that shit makes me so angry when people do that with me. It's insane. It's like, why Why even bother? Why telling, bother? Yeah. Like, why tell me you want to do something if you don't actually want to do something? Right, right. Like, show up. Or at least communicate that you're out. Or like, whatever your made expectations a are. Yeah. 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 And then people just I'm disappear. I'm heated right now. I'm heated over Katrina. I'm yeah. heated over management. I'm yeah. heated over this. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> but it's true. Like finding people who are intrinsically motivated to do the thing. And like once you start, you can usually tell pretty quickly. Like is this person going to show up? Mm. Showing up is half the battle, especially when you're, you know, we're, we're basically bootstrapped. Like yeah. some friends and family money. No one's really getting paid yet. Everything's sort of nebulous in terms yeah. of the equity stake. But people who believe in it yeah. uh, are down for the cause and are like, we're building. Yeah. You know, we're building and it's up to us to execute. And uh, yeah, if we do that, like everyone's going to be good. Hmm. Intrinsic motivation. Oh, yeah. So process, not person, and then intrinsic motivation. I love that. Also, the thing about taking too much responsibility, I really don't – know that that's possible as a leader, as a founder. That's what I think. I think everything is our fault. Yeah, it is. Whether it is or not, right? Because let's be matter. honest, sometimes there are things that happen and people are unpredictable. Yeah. And this is, everything is people management. Everything is communication. Yeah. Sometimes stuff happens. Challenging yourself to say, how could I have done this differently? Allows you just to think and improve constantly. Hmm. So whether... You know, someone has a meltdown, they blow yeah. up, and it's completely irrational. Yeah. And you're still saying to yourself, like, how was this maybe my fault? How could this have been my fault? How yeah. could I have prevented this? You learn so much for the next time. Yeah. And you just become better. Yeah. It's and interesting. Uh, one thing that was cool about Drift is there was like a free book club. And so you'd get like, you know, you just order That's books. Cool. Yeah. I mean, DC was like a huge, you know, average. He goes, no one, will, no one ever went broke buying books. Yeah. And he's also like a huge advocate for the fact that like everything's been sort of talked about or done before yeah. if you just read. It's true. Yeah. And uh, one of the books that we all, I mean, I don't know if we all read, but like Extreme, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Oh, I know what you're talking about, this but I haven't that. read it. This I should listen about to that. that. Yeah. This is that. And he's a beast. I mean, yeah. you know who this guy is? Yeah. He's, he's a freak. Um, yeah. A lot of guys love him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not like too, you know, not too like hardcore, like, but I met him and he came to our conference. I was like his escort from like backstage to, yeah. uh, to like the meet and greet after. And yeah. I was like, I don't think he needs an escort. Like he's like a <laughs> foot taller than me and like built like a bull. <laughs> like I'm good, dude. He's, he's going to be fine. What was really cool about him though, Jocko, is uh, not only the extreme ownership thing, which is what, like what we're talking about, like the buck stops with you. Like it's always, yeah. there's always something you could do. Um, differently to make the situation better. But uh, he didn't swear the whole time he gave this like keynote thing at, oh, at one of the drift conferences. Shit. Yeah, no, no, I was like, that's so interesting, right? And I'm, I, you know, I was raised in a sailing town and like we we yeah, swear all the time. I right? swear all the time, all obviously. The time. And so I asked him about it when I'm doing this walk with him and I was like, you're a military guy. Like, yeah. how do you not swear? And he starts ripping. He's like, dude, I fucking swear all the fucking time, but not when I'm on stage, right? Because that, you know, you set a different precedent. If you swear too much, it doesn't carry anything. It doesn't matter. It was pretty cool. That is really cool. I like that little tidbit. Yeah. 
Last year, I had my 10-year anniversary for We Are LA Tech. That's crazy. And then, it's crazy. That's cool. And then Congrats. the podcast launched in 2014. So that's just shy of, of 10 years. And I was sharing when you first came in that I've been re-exploring how I want to create the podcast. And as we've been talking, I've been thinking about like my own interests. I've been thinking about how does this podcast bring you value? What brings the audience value, which is always the primary. And I don't know, I kind of want to like open the question to you. Like, what do you think as a listener? And then as a guest, like, where, you know, I was talking to my editors about it. They were sharing, we love the vulnerable conversations. And I do too. And it's what I admire about one of my favorite podcasters, Stephen. I think it's either Barlett or Barrett. Oh my God, Diary, Diary of a CEO. CEO. He's such a good. Is it Barlett or Barrett? I always I forget. I don't know. I don't know. And he's amazing. Somehow he follows me on Twitter. It's like the most exciting there thing ever. There we go. That's beast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have DM though and have not heard back, so I don't know what kind of follow it is. Um, still love that he follows me. You'll I'm take like, it. What the, what? Yeah, yeah, I'll take, take it. it. I'll take the little bit. Yeah. But I really admire his like his interviews are so impactful and have so much longevity and stand for something. Yeah. And like as I'm sitting here and have for years, I of course want you to share your story about Smooth. I I want to learn about your background as a founder. I want everybody to know that Smooth exists. And then it's like how would I like to take this interview and all other interviews on to a deeper level and like what yeah. does that look like and that's kind of why i was asking about the the co-founder thing and yeah. leadership and i'm like is this too general and vague what do you think kind of what's your instinct i mean the the benefit for me as a founder is just like having people get to know me better on a more intimate level because if people can become you know a quote fan of mine yeah. or like someone who believes in me humanizing your product yeah, yeah and like i said before we started like podcasting has always really intrigued me because it's such an intimate medium yeah you know like you're wearing headphones i'm not but people that are listening to this might be and think about how close we are to them <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so finding headphones now <laughs> <laughs> no i think what steven does really good is he like he, he has a very like analytical approach to yeah. like understanding people yeah and it's like you know, for me, you know, the, the building the company, starting the company, going out on my own is like a part of the story. Right. That, and it's like the most recent part of the story. Right. And, you know, I've been alive for a few decades. Right. And it's like only just now is this right. part happening. Like what the hell led up to this where it's like, first of all, starting something with a uh, 20% chance of marginal success is like stupid on a risk-adjusted yeah. basis. Like you should just not do it. Second of all, the things that made me comfortable to be uncomfortable enough to do this, they all happened forever ago. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll give you an example, Yeah. right? If you want to know like some weird story yeah. about my past. Like after my freshman year in college, I moved to an island off the coast of Rhode Island called Block Island. It's like, so cool. it's like a poor man's Nantucket, right? Yeah. Like go there, work at a kitchen, live at, uh, at the inn that I was working at. And I tried to convince friends to go with me. Yeah. No one, no one said no one said yes. And I was like, all right, screw it. Like, I'm going alone. And I knew, like, this is going to be an evolutionary experience for me. Like, I'm putting myself out. How easy would it be to go to my hometown, work at the restaurant that I worked at, live at home, see right. my buddies, you know, drink every night? Like, right. so easy. But to go to somewhere where I don't know anybody, and I've, I had never even been there. I My family's from Rhode Island. I grew up in Rhode Island, but uh, or I was born in Rhode Island, and my extended family's from there. Yeah. But I didn't, I never lived there. I lived in yeah. Massachusetts, and uh, I'd never been to Block Island. So I moved, I go there right after freshman year, the summer between freshman and sophomore year. And I have my surfboard, my bike, a huge duffel bag with all my gear. And I'm like, this is going to be so sick. You know, I'm living on my own. I'm keeping the trend alive. I'm not going from college back to my house. Yeah. I'm like adventuring. And uh, I show up and I'm in this room, smaller than this room. Right. And there's two sets of bunk beds. Yeah. And it's like, oh, here's your bed. Here's your drawer. And I have all this gear. Remember? Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is not what I expected. Right. You know, I'm 19 years old. I'm like, uh, pretty. Sh I was, like, definitely hoping to get, like, my own space here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I was in a double in college, and now I'm in a smaller room with three other people. Right. And it was extremely overwhelming. Yeah. It was extremely overwhelming, so much so that, like, I dropped my shit off. I went for a bike ride around the island, 
I call my mom and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And she's like, well, you don't have to. You're like, you know, what, what is a parent going to say? She's like, yeah. you don't have to do it. Just come back. Yeah. And I knew that I had to yeah, because of the growth that it would provide mm. for me. And that's just the type of shit, right? Like, had I not done that, I drove across the country with my wife, my pregnant wife and two dogs to Los Angeles. Like, yeah. you know, like being a, you know, the 19-year-old experience forms the way that I'm able to make decisions all, now. Yeah, all of it is leveling up. I, actually, that's the perfect segue. I was curious. You are a family man and you are a founder. How, how do you navigate Family man and founder. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a balancing act you for sure. Talk about your your baby. We just had twins. Yeah, we just had twins on uh, seven seven. Cool birthday. I love the number seven. I'm happy about it. Twin boys. Um, it's been a lot. Like it's the the biggest thing with like starting a company, right? Yeah. Is money really? Like if you can trust the vision, see the vision, try and see it through. But at the end of the day, like how the heck do you pay rent or yeah. car payment and stuff like totally. that? Totally. So like odd jobs, consulting, savings, investments, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff works for amount of time. But yeah, so that, that's been a thing. And then just time, like, you know, I don't sleep a lot. And the moments where I'm like free to do stuff happen at weird hours. So I'm like on my computer at one in the morning doing stuff. But it's cool. You know, it's amazing. Like... It's 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 a complete trip. Like I've never been someone who's like, oh, I need to like have kids and start a family. But I also knew like this isn't something like a part of life that I want to like not do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it kind of just comes at you quick. And uh, people say there's never a good time, but yeah, I would that. argue that there is definitely a better time. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I stopped drinking a little while. Ago. I stopped drinking like three months ago, almost four months ago now, and. Purely, you know, just to navigate the stress, the stress of a company mixed with little people that need food and yeah. diapers and f insane how expensive yeah, all yeah, this yeah, baby yeah. stuff is. Like, what a racket. I think my next company will be like a baby thing because <laughs> it's just all wicked expensive. It's all money. Yeah. Um, but and like half of it is completely unnecessary. For example, we have these like little pajamas that were $40 each and they already don't fit in one of them. It's like, how? <laughs> How is this $40 and it lasts two weeks? Being able to like sober up a little bit and just like, you know, I didn't really drink a lot anyway, more just like socially, but being able to like draw the line in the sand and be like, well, I don't really drink anymore. I think it's good not to be drinking, especially because you're so sleep deprived. And so right. just the drinking on top of sleep deprivation probably. Totally. And then also like so much of building the company is like showing up places. We talked about LA Tech Week. Like for me, that's work, right? So yeah. I don't care if we're at a, party in the Palisades at 1am, like everyone else is drinking, like I'm working. I'm there showing up yeah, to yeah, yeah, promote yeah. my company, to promote myself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It feels a little different when it's like your name on the paperwork, I guess. Yeah. And so that mixed with, I mean, I'm a big advocate for mental health. Like my wife is a psychologist. I've been going to therapy for years. I go every single week and like between the not drinking, exercise is a big thing for me, like staying fit and healthy. Yeah. That's like something that is in my control Yeah. in a world where a lot of the stuff isn't in my control. Like I can control the presentation I give to investors, but I can't control the conversation they have after I leave. All I can do is like put my best foot forward. Yeah. Uh, I can control my physical activity from time to time. Like with the kids, there's not a lot yeah. of time, Yeah. but there's moments, you know, go for a quick run, whatever, go for a quick ride. And uh, so not drinking, therapy, Physical fitness. That's that's how you handle being a family man. That's and I, I also want to kind of that stupid term everyone keeps using, and now I feel the need to Double use click. it. Too. We're gonna yeah. say that. Wow, let's go. Love it. Shit. <laughs> where the where'd that even come from? But now I just like computers. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, I know that. <laughs> but all of a sudden, everybody's saying double click, and now it makes me want to say double click because it's such an efficient term. It's sick. But you it's know what I'm stupid. About. Folder, desktop, double click, open. Ugh. Anyway. I love it. Yes. It's cheesy and stupid, but I love it. <laughs> Double click on that you sometimes get work done at one in the morning or whenever you can. Yeah. I think this whole thing that you got to wake up at 5 a.m. and take a cold shower and work at this time and up until this, it's like, just shut up. Yeah. No, just whatever's right. Sometimes I work for hours out of my car, yeah. but I'm getting it done. Right. Who cares? Yeah. No, and I mean, so much of it is like quick communication. Like you can work on your phone. You know, you don't have to be strapped to a cubicle anymore. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the world that we're in now. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I, you know, the sauna, ice bath, 5 a.m., 4 a.m., wake up, yeah. fucking like, it's too much. Just dude. shut up. Do, do what works for you. And everyone's yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, like, everyone is different. It's so funny because I had a, such a fucked up morning this morning with like, baby feedings, wake up time, other meetings, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And I'm just like, I don't want to be overly caffeinated, but I don't want to be exhausted because yeah. that'd be boring yeah, 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 conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I was literally going to write you a tweet and be like, don't ask me about my morning routine. <laughs> so it's funny that you brought that up. It's timely. Although I didn't ask about the morning routine. I probably said, fuck all those people. <laughs> well, yeah, you alluded to it. You alluded to it. Um, but I'm with you there. Let's dive back into, I keep wanting to say smooth, 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 smooth. Say it with a British accent. Smooth. Smooth. That's smooth. Smooth. Like, uh, smooth. like what's his name? Diary of a CEO. Smooth. Oh, where'd that come from? Why'd you pick that name? That's a good question. Uh, well, there was a lot of uh, alternate names. Yeah. Like Settle, you know, was it was a front runner. Mm. Uh, but then it had this negative connotation yeah. of like settling in a relationship. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's. I don't love Settle. No. Well, yeah. Same. <laughs> Ultimately, it was Smooth. It was more like the domain name was available. Smooth.app. Mm. It is. It can be, and it can be a verb. So like smooth it. Let's smooth that. Yeah, let's smooth yeah. that. Let's smooth this. Hashtag smooth it. Uh, happy accident was like this double O thing. Like Gwyneth Paltrow's goop, you know, Google, yeah, yeah. whatever, Facebook, Yahoo, goop, whoop, all these companies oh. with double O's. This is like a, tr you haven't heard of this? No. Okay, well, yeah, you can. But it makes sense. It, all these companies with double O's have a lot of success. Stop. Total happy accident, but I'll take it. Uh, even if there's like a, a bias in there so my first co-founder with my action sports social network uh he went on to build box you know box yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the file yeah, sharing I think company. i've heard of it <laughs> yeah so uh so he wanted to name our company mavu and my company's mean? name was it didn't mean anything but it has the double o <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then he why? went and then he went on to build box yeah <laughs> Oh you know God. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, I I chose mine very specifically because I was inspired by Richard Branson and I did not want to change it. I called my company Zexports nice. because it's the opposite of Virgin. And I was like obsessed with Richard Branson at the time. <laughs> yeah. So and Zex, I, and with I, a Z. And I, yeah, and I was like, no one, I wanted to be it to be a global brand. And I said, nobody will not understand yeah. Zex because yeah. it's sex. Yeah. Yeah. And so- I did not change it. But I'll never forget. He's like, what about Ma Vu? And I'm like, no. Yeah, like why? I, I mean, maybe the company would have done better if we called it Ma Vu. You'll it's never not know. a bad name. It's not Ma a bad name. It rolls off the tongue. It sounds it like does. it has some like South American. Like I should look it up before I publish this and like go grab that domain. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that a guilty pleasure too? Like buying oh, domain gosh, names? I have hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are your goals for I can't do a British accent. Smooth. Smooth. It's very smooth, smooth. mate. That's nice smooth. and smooth. Smooth. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Smooth. Okay. What are your what are your goals with smooth? I mean, the goal is really just to like help couples with their money. You know, that's No, like, I mean the the goal of yeah. the app. Like how many how many users are you after? Are you after fundraising? Like if the whole community could could get together to support you in your success, what would the ask be? Yeah, I mean, I'm always fundraising, like at you know, fundraising you don't need to type of thing. Like, yeah. of course, we're going to fundraise uh, for the company we're about to launch. We're maybe a month away from actually finally launching. We're doing a pre-release on the App Store, so you can download or pre-install before test flight. We're, we've been on test flight for a little while, yeah. um, but we're going to go into the App Store and you can pre-purchase it. This is a I don't know, trick of the trade, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. is like if we, so this is part of our launch strategy. I don't know if I'm like sharing too much, but I don't really care. So uh, if you get home and you're like, Esprit, can you edit that out? All you need to do is call me. No, it's all good. Hashtag build in public, okay. right? This is what we're <laughs> doing. This is what we're doing. Also, I was like, at the beginning, I was so paranoid someone's going to steal my idea. But then I got to a point where I was like, so in the weeds and it was taking, it was so hard that I was like, you know what? Like be my fucking guest, you know, like it's not easy to do this. If you want to, go for it. You like, should see how many companies have come into Los Angeles to try to like be the LA tech organization or yeah. whatever. Yeah, you're like, be like, my guest. Yeah. And it's just market validation too, yeah. if nothing else. So so anyway, yeah, we're, the way we're going to launch is we're going uh, on the App Store for pre-purchase first. And we'll promote that to our existing wait list, our social media people, like our followers, whatever. People will then be able to pre-purchase slash pre-install on the App Store. And then the day that we go live, 
it'll get automatically installed on all of those phones, on the, all those yeah. people's phones. And so then the app store sees, oh, this company that just launched, this app that just launched is having like this huge spike at the beginning. And then they start to promote it mm. through their channels as well. So Remember to do beta list. Do you know beta list? Yes, no. Okay. What is that? You should write it in your phone okay. so you don't forget. Okay, I'll write it, it after. They, you have to submit to beta list before you're live. Hmm. And so it's early exposure. And then, of course, product hunt. Yeah, product hunt is part yeah. of it too. Yeah. So but, beta list. But uh, what is – so is beta list on the app store or am I right? No, down? beta list is a website where oh, okay. when you're building a startup, as long as you're not live, you submit it to beta list huh. and then they'll feature it for you and then you get your early – like when I did a startup a long time ago, I like I think I had seven or eight hundred people that signed up through beta list. Mm-hmm. Nice, that's sick. Am I gonna sound stupid for not knowing what that is? No, <laughs> no. Beta list was kind of the OG. I, I know the founder of beta list. He was a close friend of mine. He's amazing. Beta list is like the OG product hunt. I don't want to say too much because uh, I just it's somebody else's life. But I think it's okay to say this. He just wanted a particular lifestyle. So mm-hmm. he didn't go after a venture back life. Right. Blow it up. Right. Yeah. And I think it was maybe confusing at the time. Like, did I make the right move or not? I'm not sure. Yeah. You'd have to ask him. Yeah. But it definitely was an intentional choice of this is the lifestyle I want. Yeah. So that is what I'm going to do even if someone else does it, does it bigger. Yeah, with the venture. Hey, thing. yeah, it's it's not for everyone. I think there's a lot to say about yeah. success and lifestyle. I think we get so caught up in a venture backed world in the startup community in right. the tech community, right. and we don't put enough emphasis on are we living the life that we actually enjoy and want to live? Right, totally. I yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I talked about like going to therapy. I yeah. was talking about this with my therapist the other day. I was like. Per your comment about lifestyle, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm having a really hard time. And then per the, all the bullshit people saying, uh, yeah. morning routine, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm having a really hard time enjoying the journey, which yeah. is like supposed to be the thing. <sighs> and she starts laughing at me. She's like, because, you know, like that's bullshit, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. Like, here we go. You know, because I'm in this Twitter, yeah. LinkedIn, influencer, people be like this, do like this, get, you know, Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Appreciate the journey. But then it's like I'm feeling like what something's wrong with me for not enjoying the journey. Yeah. You know? But then to know that like I felt seen, you know, like where it's like it's bullshit. Yeah. I think the the best thing that I'll say to that, something that I found in my own journey <laughs> is the more I, I lean into being curious about my journey. Mm-hmm. And just observing it rather mm-hmm. than deciding it has to be a certain way or this needs to be happening. Yeah. And and understand that the magic and the and the exploration and the excitement is in the actual journey, right. not in trying to achieve the thing. Right. The more I feel fulfilled and like even 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 the stuff that like I that maybe is not going so well or I perceive is not going well, like I was sharing with you before we started recording that I had this huge opportunity and I felt like I didn't make the most of it. And yeah. now today I felt like, oh, the opportunity is over. I messed up. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. but did I like, what if I give it my all for the next six months and I get the end outcome of the same thing or it leads to somewhere else? Or what if this was how it was meant to be? You know how they say like when you don't get hired for a job, like maybe that job wasn't right for you anyway. Right, and it's just right. like filtering out what doesn't serve you. Or yeah. it's like, a, a woman dating, like if somebody isn't interested in you back or doesn't call you back, maybe that's f- to serve your, your the best for you totally. overall. Yeah. Maybe that was the wrong partner match, you yeah. know? And so I think we apply all these narratives, all these judgments on what happens day to day in the journey rather than more being curious and uh, observing the journey and just leaning into that curiosity. Yeah, there's uh, expectations I think are also a huge yeah. part of that Whereas it's like, you expect to be successful. You expect to be growing your user base. You expect the product to be done sooner. You expect yeah. this number yeah. of listens on the pod, yeah. whatever whatever your benchmark is yeah. for success. Yeah. And uh, expect expectations can kind of kill the joy mm-hmm. of the moment, of, of the progress, of the process. Yeah. Uh, so two, two things about that that have like really helped me. One is that progress is binary uh, or productivity is binary. Yeah. So like f- as an entrepreneur, 
there's never enough time in the day. Yeah. There's always a shit ton of other stuff that you could be doing. Yeah. And so it's super easy to do 10 things. And yeah. then at the end of the day, I'd be like, fuck, how was I not productive enough? Totally. Right. God, this is like every day for me. I feel like I'm not productive enough. No, it's every day. It's <laughs> literally every day. And so then Drives I started crazy. that framework of like, okay, productivity is binary. And sure, there are some days like go go for a surf, you know, zen yeah. out, yeah. do my thing. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. That's super important because yeah. if I'm not mentally and physically healthy, I'm not executing the best I can on my yeah. company. So it's important to do that once in a while. Yeah. But and those are unproductive days for the company, but they're productive on a personal level, right. which big picture is productive for the company. And so anyway, just being able to like zoom out and be like, okay, you did a bunch of stuff, that's productive, check. Also, this someone resurfaced this story of the uh, like Chinese farmer. Yeah, this proverb thing. Have you heard this? No, tell me. Oh my gosh, this is like this is really helpful framework. Yeah. So it's like there's a Chinese farmer. He has one horse. The horse runs away. The people in the town are like, "Oh, that's such bad luck that the horse ran away." And he's like, "Well, it's not bad or good. You know, it is what it is." Yeah. Next day, the horse comes back with two more horses, yeah. and uh, then he's like. The people in the town are like, oh, that's so such good luck. He brought you back two horses. And the guy's like, oh, it's not good or bad. It just is what it is. Then the next day, the the father's son is breaking one of the horses, like training it, and the kid falls off and breaks his back. And everyone's like, oh, that's such bad luck. He broke his back. And he's like, oh, it's not good or bad. It just is what it is. Yeah. And then the next day, the country goes to war, and there's a draft, and every able-bodied person over 18 has to go to war, but the son doesn't have to go. And so everyone's like oh, that's so lucky that your son doesn't have to go. And he's like, ah, oh, it's not good or bad. It just is. And this <laughs> framework of like things happening, not being good or bad oh. is like super, super interesting. And I mean, especially per, on a personal yeah. level, like under a ton of stress, personally growing, keeping kids alive yeah. uh, and then keeping the company alive yeah. professionally and trying to show up, you know, show, no one wants to hear a sad story about a guy that doesn't sleep, right? Yeah. Showing up and being like the best version of myself. It's a lot, but it's not good or bad. It just is. It just you is. Know, just rolling with it. Even you showing up here right now, it's like takes energy. It's like, and then let me coordinate. Let me get there and I have to get to the next place. And then I have my family. It's like, yeah. Right, right. But it just is. It just is. It just keeps rolling. Yeah. Yeah. It so just that, is. Stop judging judging the the process. Yeah. Have yeah. you heard that before? That, no, that I hadn't story? heard that no? proverb. No. Oh, my gosh. It's I think one. I kind of heard it from you bits and pieces at an event you and I were out together, oh, really? but I didn't hear the whole thing. So yeah. that was my first time nice. like, truly hearing yeah. it. I'm not taking credit for it. Because anyways, I but... remember I remember thinking like, wait, what happened with the horses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. I only heard bits and pieces and I was like, so so I didn't get the the fable the end of the, the story. Yeah. Some quick fire questions about LA. Okay. Favorite restaurant. I'm new to LA. Yeah. Um also you know, so I don't have like a like a like laundry list of like best West Side recommendations, but I'm a big breakfast person and a breakfast burrito yeah. person. And Yum. so uh, on Rose Ave, there's a place called Flake. Ooh. I just like, you know, swear by those breakfast. Yeah. They're really good breakfast burritos. And they're manageable. They're not like insanely um, big. I'm not positive. I want to say also on Rose Ave, is it Groundworks? Yes. I've is that, that the one with the outside patio? Yeah. Okay. I haven't been. They have a mini burrito. Okay. I love that. And it's totally fulfilling and yeah. it's great. I'm going. I think Done. it's Groundworks. It's also on Rose with yeah. the, the big outdoor patio. Yeah, thing. I've yeah. seen that. And they have like a cool little like low, like typewriter style font. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. So that one. Yeah. Mini burrito. Done. It's great. Uh, you just landed here. Most recommended thing that you think anybody also landing in LA should do like an activity, a hike or something like, what did you do? You're like, Oh, we got to check this out. I mean, Venice, like you have to go check out the canal. This is cool timing. Mm, Venice my, canals. Yeah. yeah. My sister was just here and, uh, we're, I was just showing her around, you know, yeah. and be like, here's why, you know, I don't live in Boston anymore. This yeah. is what I love about here. Yeah. We do the canals, like the boardwalk, biking on the boardwalk, the skate park, uh, I call it like the circus, like yeah. down by the boardwalk or, it's yeah. the, or the theater of life. I don't know if you know that reference. <laughs> theater of, I don't. Okay, that's, that's great. From, it's so accurate. Yeah, it's good neighbor stuff. Like yeah. these guys on SNL, like Kyle, you know, these guys. Yeah. On, okay, I don't know. Whatever. Weird reference. But they used to, when they were coming up, they would sit on uh, the boardwalk with like oh. lawn chairs. And then they would just like film people and like tell their stories. And they called the theater of life. Weird, I dig. Weird reference. But they're super famous. I dig now. it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
so yeah, just going, you know, seeing the theater of life, people watching, you know, second to none, uh, doing the boardwalk, Santa Monica, you know, down to like the Pacific incline decline, uh, is that what it was called? Or the California decline, California incline. Incline. Yeah. yeah. And then just doing the loop, like you can't beat it. That's, that's it. Like that's the vibe, right? Is there an LA tech person or company you've come across recently who's really impressed you? Mm, I mean, you full circle. That's to really me, sweet. Finally, I think you, when I was just like googling like places to do yeah. stuff, like you were one of the first people I found. Uh, and you I told did you say that. you messaged me years ago. Yeah, or like, when I got here in December, like you were one of the first people I found, or here. months ago rather. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, like there's like an IRL. LA. LA newsletter. Yeah, that helps yeah. me find events. Men, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Scott's thing, the yeah, House Adventures. Um, combinations. It's this awesome uh, tech mixer in Venice, yeah. uh, Scott Howard. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, those those are like top three. Those are I great. Guess. Yeah. Uh, I'll add to your roster, Shannon McCarty. She does SoCal Tech Monthly at Michael's in Santa Monica. Nice. And that's right by you, Santa yeah. Monica. So I'd recommend going to that too. I'll go if you yeah. go. Yeah, I go. Okay. I actually mostly only go to Scott and Shannon's stuff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, Scott's the man. Everyone loves him. And like we had a good, I had a good impression of him. I met him at a Tech Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And made a really good impression. He made a good impression on me. And then at the combinations thing, everyone's sort of, you know, people bond over like why they're there. Yeah. And everyone sort of seems to know Scott and everyone just loves this guy. Yeah, he's really, really sweet. Yeah, and then other c- company intro. Yeah, uh, like I told oh, you, intro. I was go meet yeah, with those guys. Uh, and intro does essentially mentor sessions with thought leaders yeah. around the world. I had one with Austin, the co-founder of Morning Brew. Yeah, and you're becoming like an intro expert. I am now an intro expert. Yeah, I guess that's you know, pretty cool. It's a weird thing because of like imposter syndrome and yeah. like how do you define success? Blah 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 blah. But like at the end of the day, a lot of people reach out to me who I don't know and ask me for my time and it and time is the only thing I have yeah. right now and I have very little of it and so yeah, yeah I don't know what nothing venture nothing gain if people want to book me cool book yeah. me um but yeah Brad Clune is in all those video all, all their paid campaigns and uh I think he's doing a great job that's cool yeah. and they're based at Neuhaus Venice which is where yeah. I hang out a lot of the time too yeah they didn't really let exciting. me in because they were kind of like you know they got a good read they're like you just go they work were probably on the like oh he knows a spree forget that no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> back with the riffraff speaking of amazing community venues uh, we're currently recording out of Bioscience LA podcast studio and so grateful to Dave for building this We Are LA Tech podcast studio it's wild I can't wait for iteration number two when we have like couches in the whole like shebang. a nap, nap not that pod. it matters because it's an audio podcast it's but a it's great like, setup it's great to have a vibe give you yourself know? some credit it's cool well i mean i don't get any credit right now it's all dave but it's a good it's 100 spe- percent dave right, so dave, far dave deserves everything all the credit yeah, 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 yeah. it's a great vibe how can people connect with you? Okay. Yeah. So me, Tucker Cohen, uh Tucker F. Cohen on LinkedIn. Weird thing, like LinkedIn is older. You yeah. Know? Like when I was first making my LinkedIn, I was like, oh, it's my professional network. Like I'm gonna put my middle initial. Stop. You know? Like Stop. Yeah, yeah. And that you know, Stop. and I just like ju- dug my heels in on it. I was just like, I'm I'm leaving it. But what's cool about having it now, and I've like tweeted this recently, but like automation has killed LinkedIn inbox because everyone is there's all this automated stuff like my inbox is insane but what happens by having the middle initial is people ping me on LinkedIn with their automation it says hi Tucker F hey Tucker F and I just know it's not a person so that helps me filter through the noise on there because there are people you want to meet and talk to and connect with on LinkedIn too like it's still but not robots but not bots Um, so yeah Tucker F Cohen on LinkedIn smooth uh, smooth.app is our S-M-O-O-V. website. S-M-O-O-V. That's right. S-M-O-O-V.app. And then uh, at smoothapp on Twitter, at smooth.app on Instagram, at CorpoTuck on, on Twitter. And Amazing. Yeah, I don't know if that's enough. We'll include them all in the show notes. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Launching soon. We're launching super soon. So yeah, hit us up. If you're in a relationship, if you're a modern couple, if you ever use Venmo, if you don't want a shared bank account, you're not alone. Our ICP, right, is college-educated, young professional couples living in cities who have a dog. So if that is you, hit us up. Sign up for our waitlist, smooth.app. 
Someone did their avatar homework. <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep on the ICP. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you, talk to you, all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, Tucker Cohen here, founder and CEO at Smooth. We're on a mission to simplify relationships by simplifying couples' relationships with money and automating expenses. Check us out, smooth.app. Based in Santa Monica, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by... Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.